remember like the slow motion scene of like an action movie, like walking in, like we're gonna change it all. <laughs> but like it's also kind of like a big responsibility. It's like we we're not gonna be the ones to do everything. Obviously, other people exist, so we're gonna have to maybe like do some transformative work within other generations. It's not gonna do like us like flipping over tables and being like this is what this is now like uh let's stop being so binary with our terms and like let's stop putting like blue socks on the boys and like pink socks on the girls and like we're not gonna be (laughs) the only generation that's gonna be like a part of this change but it's very interesting to be kind of like the people that that are associated with like this ushering of progress Hi, everyone, and welcome to the final episode of Hello, Gen Z. I'm Christy Totten. And I'm Abby Hamblin, and I don't even know how to feel right now. We've had such an amazing experience spending time with Gen Z and sharing their voices with you, and I'm just sad it's the last episode. I am too, but luckily we're ending this mini-series on a powerful note. So on this episode, we're going to talk about how Gen Z wants to change the world, literally. Yes, we literally asked them that question. We're going to share those at the end of this episode, but first we want to share what we've learned about Gen Z. For starters, they're amazing. By now, you know that they're plugged in and speaking out. They're also unique. You know, they're the most racially and ethnically diverse generation in the United States history. That significant shift is why we wanted to talk to members of this generation in the first place, to try to get a fuller picture of them than you might see on TikTok or YouTube. Gen Z, born 1997 or after, is made up of 48% people of color, nearly a majority. And if you look at people under 16, they're already majority non-white. Gen Z is also more multiracial than other generations and more likely than other generations to have at least one foreign-born parent. This is already affecting so many parts of life in the U.S. We've already talked about how young people are demanding that their education better reflect their cultures and communities. We also looked at how Generation Z is a growing voter group. This generation is also on track to be the most educated generation ever. They're enrolling in college at higher rates and have access to online information their parents could only have dreamed of. It shapes their views on everything from politics to racial justice. So let's hear from them. Here's a few examples of what they're doing. Maria Esparza is a 20-year-old who was born in Mexico but grew up in Oklahoma. She got involved in politics to help represent the immigrant community. There was no solidarity because everybody was afraid to speak up. So I feel like in that theory, everybody in the marginalized community was a sleeping giant, but they were just afraid through intimidation. And I feel like because we educated ourselves on how history actually happened, we we are the awake sleeping giant. We woke up, you know, so I feel like we are not afraid to be intimidated anymore. We know what our rights are. We know what we can and can't do. And I feel like that's the big part is just that we took our parents' fears and our family's fears, and we took a step further to that to, you know, actually take charge and not let intimidation stop us. So. Maria is a member of the University of Oklahoma's chapter of the Voto Latino organization, helping register people to vote. Mike Brodo, who lives in the Boston area, is a leader of a new organization called Gen Z GOP. His group has a new vision for the Republican Party post-President Trump. Generation Z is innovative. And and I say that because not that we want to be, it's because we have to be. We're faced with a lot of challenges and problems that have been kind of passed along to us from other generations, whether it's the climate issue, the race issue, uh, the gun issue to an extent. And from my perspective on the center right there's a fiscal issue that you know we are awful about the deficit and that adding up and at some point it's gonna 
going to eat us up. Stop band-aiding solutions and stop, you know, really fixing the core problem. That's what I, I guess it's, that's a hopeful assessment. We need to be innovative and we need to be cooperating on ways to, to fix these problems because I think it's kind of come down and fallen down on us to, to do a lot of these things. How does he think Gen Z can solve these problems? This may come as a shock to the rest of his generation, but he thinks getting off social media for political conversations will help. You shouldn't be having Facebook, Twitter comment arguments about politics. Like, there's not enough nuance there. You're never going to agree. You're just going to be really angry. You know, maybe call this person up, meet them when it's safe to do so at some point, and speak in person about what the, the disagreement is. Anaya Brown is a black 20-year-old from New York who turns 21 this week. Happy birthday. And she's one of the members of Gen Z who wants to be involved in politics going forward. She's already worked on multiple campaigns for the Democratic Party. She told us she dreams about being a justice on the U.S. Supreme Court, which has never had a black woman wear its robes. She also hopes that she won't be the first. So the other day, I saw an Instagram post and there was a woman and she was the first first black woman to graduate from I think the University of Florida and like a it was in like in a, in a very high like STEM major and I looked at it and I'm you know I'm like oh my gosh that's so amazing and then I was like wait a minute it is 2020 it makes absolutely no sense for a like it it it, it baffles me and it we should not still be making the strides that we're making in 2020. It just, it, 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 make, it doesn't make sense. It leaves me, it's, yeah, I'm speechless and I am not one who tends to be speechless. So when something makes me speechless, that's a big deal. Um, and so hopefully, I mean, you know, it would be cool to make history, um, but I, I, I don't want that to, still be me making history when you know I am able to do those whether it's being on the supreme court or chief of staff be, like no I don't again everyone wants a legacy and everyone wants to be known for something but um I don't I hope that by the time I'm in those positions there would have been another black woman or another woman of color um to come before me so, if, you know, if anyone wants to take this as their sign, here it is. Anaya says the U.S. has a long way to go to improve representation, but she hopes that Gen Z will make big strides. Here's what she wants to see. Definitely a more tolerant country where we have people of multiple races and backgrounds and cultures represented in every part of the country. You know, we don't just little, like, you know, black boys can see oh i have like a black male teacher um because i i can count on one hand how many black teachers i had between kindergarten and even up to now um within college professors to be fair it's going to take some help from older generations to make all of these things happen maria said a lot of the people that she helps register to vote are older than she is Members of Gen Z are on the cusp of being able to run for Congress, but it will be more than a decade before any of them can run for president. M. Valladolid is a young activist who's calling on older generations to help empower the youth. I think older people need to realize that like the future is happening right now and our youth need to be training right now. We need to be ready 
And we need to, not only with, like, Gen Z being really, really, like, technologically, like, intelligent and, like, just very intelligent in general, we need to be taking advantage of that and teaching them these things now. We need to be doing internships. And most of all, we need to be paying our youth. We can't really talk about the world Gen Z lives in without talking about what may be the subject they care about most. Climate change. I'm really into like climate change. Climate change I think is a is a big one. In 50 years, I'm gonna be alive, hopefully. I'll be 71 and I wanna be able to live on a planet where I can breathe and where there are fish in the oceans. Last year, Amnesty International did a global survey of more than 10,000 18 to 25 year olds asking what the biggest issue facing the world is. Climate change topped the list, followed in second place by pollution. Across the board, Republicans, Democrats, independents, teenagers, 20 somethings, people from New York, Illinois, and California, the subject we heard most about from many of the members of Gen Z we talked to was climate change. So it's not surprising that one of the most well-known climate change activists is a member of Gen Z. I don't want you to listen to me. I want you to listen to the scientists. And I want you to unite behind the science. And then I want you to take real action. That was Greta Thunberg, a 17-year-old from Sweden who was Time Magazine's Person of the Year in 2019. Her protests outside parliament inspired young people around the world to walk out of schools and march for action on climate change. We've seen these walkouts right here in San Diego County. At least, that was before a global pandemic. Olivia Seltzer is a teenager from Santa Barbara, California, who created a Gen Z newsletter called The Cram. Olivia said her generation saw this coming. As far as Gen Z as a whole goes, I think that the interesting thing about this is that we've kind of been expecting this our whole lives. Not a pandemic necessarily, but some kind of huge global thing, climate change, (laughs) namely, that is going to totally stop our world in its tracks. And I think the fact that it happened in a way different even than we were anticipating it to happen has really even more so made us, given us this more urgent feeling for climate change than we've even ever had before. And also given us this hope that Maybe now that older generations and us ourselves have had to live through something that is hopefully not as as permanent as climate change and, and seeing the effects of it and just how devastating it can be for our world, that hopefully we'll be more inclined to take more action for climate change in a way that we haven't ever before. Ryan Roden says experiencing climate change in real time takes an emotional toll. He's another college student at UC San Diego who describes how understanding climate change is essential to understanding his generation. The reason we're exhausted and irritated and even maybe snappy is because we grow up looking at things that are so much beyond ourselves. We grow up looking at a world that is dying and there's nothing that we as an individual can really do for it. When you talk about putting up your bootstraps and how you got yourself a job and how you landed yourself a position and you worked for it, I myself cannot save 20% of the Amazon rainforest and that's just a fact. So the real perspective and the real understanding is looking at the fact that we don't have micro issues. When we engage and why we are exhausted and why we are Why we work is not for ourselves anymore. Why we work is not really for our own benefit because 
we're looking for a world. We're looking for lives that are not our own. We're looking for life in general sometimes. As we mentioned on the last episode, climate change is less of a political issue for Generation Z. So according to Pew Research, Gen Z Republicans are more likely than older people in their party to agree with scientists that humans play a role in climate change. Luckily for Gen Z, public opinion is starting to shift on this. 60% of Americans now believe climate change poses a major threat to the U.S. compared to just 44% back in 2009. Gen Z feels like it's not seeing enough done to confront an existential threat. Chelsea Crown is a 22-year-old from Walnut Creek in Northern California. She sees climate change as the priority issue in the 2020 election. The number one thing that I think about when I think of the election is the future. And I'm not even talking about like the next four years, I'm talking about long term. Because, I mean, as I'm sure you know, I mean, the UN has issued a statement, we have 12 years to fix climate change before the world goes bye-bye, basically. And I don't think it is emphasized enough in the current campaign that the person we are picking, if they do not put the pedal to the metal and enact some policies that is going to really effectively combat climate change, then it might be too late for the next person. And there might be nothing that the person who after, you know, whoever the next president is, whether it's Trump or someone else, can do about reversing the horrific impact we've had on on our planet. If we don't have a planet that's habitable, then what kind of platform are we going to have to argue about everything else? Many members of Gen Z expressed to us that they feel an urgency to start solving some of the problems that other generations haven't sorted out yet. And that takes working together and holding each other accountable. Here's Chelsea again. My generation, on the one hand, is very politically active, and on the other hand, is quite happy to sit at home. It's like an armchair activism. So the amount of people that I see like, go vote, go vote on Twitter who didn't actually vote, staggering. If everyone did what they say that they're going to do on Twitter, then the world would be a very different place. I mean, I think the world would be very different, period, if the same amount of youth turned out as the same amount of, you know, the older generation. I think we'd be living in a very different America. And it's just kind of about motivating really high school, middle school students, getting them excited about what's happening, or not even excited, but at least aware so by the time that they become my age and they are able to vote, that they care, they, they, they give a damn about what's happening. Because ultimately, it's very difficult to convince someone who already has turned off like why they should care. But if you can get people young, if you can get people interested before they kind of turn off in their like late teenage years, then I think we'd be looking at a very different world. There's much more to learn about Generation Z, and if you haven't heard them yet, we invite you to check out previous episodes of this podcast, where young people in this country talk about being mixed race, social media, and mental health. We also looked at how the coronavirus pandemic is starting to affect them. And we want to end this podcast the way we started it, by passing the mic to Gen Z. As we said, they're thinking globally. We're going to end this episode by talking about the world they want to see. I think we will move towards a world of uh, greater knowledge and understanding. A future that I want to see, and I think that that is a future that we're absolutely, we're getting there. It's a future where whatever issue arises, human rights or political or whatever it happens to be, there are people that are immediately going to 
to try to, to solve it and try to be there for the people who are most impacted by that. Wherever the issue is, whatever group of people it's impacting, I think that that's a future that we're starting to see more and more of. Our generation, I think, will have a tremendous impact on the world, on politics, on the environment, on culture. We're going to be one of the first generations that will have so much out on the internet. And I think we're going to want to make change because we're, we see the problems that are going on and we're eager to solve these issues. So our, our generation will definitely set a new bar for what kind of values people should hold. And part of, a lot of those are just going to be um, freedom and having the courage to want change. I think Gen Z will change the world through empathy um, and understanding because even though, as I said, we are different, we seek to understand each other. I feel like in ways that previous generations didn't necessarily do. Um, and as we seek to understand each other, I think that's just, you know, gonna make the world a better place. We'll have so much change. I feel like there will be, especially the United States, I feel like there will be such positive change, especially for the people, since we've seen the people in America so divided over these past few years. And I feel like if we're given a voice, um, so much change would happen. I feel like people would be more united and we're, we're already bringing so much change and we're not even empowering it. So imagine if we were in power, I think the world would truly be uh, in a better place, honestly. We communicate, we educate, we're ready, we can form coalitions and we can kick ass. To everyone who has listened, reviewed, told a friend about our podcast, or even sent us a note on social media, thank you so much. We also want to say a huge thank you to all the members of Gen Z who came into our studio before the pandemic and who met with us on Zoom to talk during it. Recording a podcast from home has been a wild experience, and your support definitely encouraged us along the way. Thanks to Crystal Sung, Olivia Seltzer, India Griffin, Feroza Aziz, M. Valladolid, and Gael Ator, who just closed out this episode for us. Also, our apologies to Gael, whose name we mispronounced in an earlier episode. We are sorry, and you're awesome. The Hello Gen Z podcast was written, produced, and edited by me, Abby Hamblin, and Christy Totten. We're also the hosts of a podcast called Name Drop San Diego, where we interview the interesting people who make up our region. Please check it out on your favorite podcast app. Beto Alvarez is our creative director, and we want to thank John Kelly and Gloria Orbegozo for all of their creative contributions. Luis Cruz helped us bring this project to the public, and an extra special thanks to Matthew T. Hall, our editor, for the countless hours along the way. Seriously, we could not have done this without you, so thank you. To everyone else, please check out sandiegouniontribune.com slash hellogenz to see this podcast on our website. And if you liked it or learned anything along the way, we hope you'll keep sharing it and help us share the voices of Gen Z. Thanks for listening. Bye.